Are you ready for the end of the world? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should say it a little more wicked. Are you ready for the end of the world, my friends? You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends. That's right, friends. The circle of family. That's right, family. The circle of being. That's right, being. You are listening to your community spirit. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. <laughs> I, we don't have anything. Yeah, no, we do. Uh, so, we got our happenings as usual. Our first happening of the day. Uh, actually, this is oftentimes our first happening. It's big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. So they show film every Friday night, and this Friday the film is called The One Percent. This is a film by Johnson & Johnson heir Jamie Johnson. It features a fascinating array of interviewees, including Steve Forbes, Ralph Nader, former U.S. Labor Secretary Robert Reich, arms dealer Adnan Kasashogi, uh, economist Milton Friedman, as well as cab drivers, Katrina victims, members of Johnson's own family, and more on the increasing gap between America's rich and poor. So I'm guessing the 1% refers to the 1% of the population who own, like, 99.9% of uh, the world's resources. I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but not much, sadly. So, once again, that's the 1% is the name of the film this week, and the Big Money IMC is located at 214 North Washington in Carbontale, Showtime is at 7 p.m. Well, in case you've missed this week, this week has been extremely cold. Yes. Did you miss it, or did you want to forget about it? Most of this week was cold. It was still warm at the very beginning of the week. And it wasn't just normal cold. It's like bitter cold. Yeah. It's not really cold in temperature, mm -hmm. but it's cold like your toes fall off cold. Mm -hmm. Not really, but... It feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just sensitive, because normally I love cold. Mm -hmm. Like, not cold people, but c I like cold... I like cold weather, but I don't know. Something about this week has been kind of funky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, were you aware that every Thursday night at the Interface Center, they have something called Interveg Vegetarian Thanks... I was going to say Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But it pretty much is. It's yeah. like continual um, meal. And their theme this week was fondue. <laughs> and I happened to go. Did you and do the fondue? Not only do I do the fondue, the fond is done. <laughs> so um, every Thursday, there is the interveg, which is vegetarian dinner. So a few happenings. Um, the Holiday Craft Fair, which has 75 regional craft vendors, will be at the Student Center Hall of Fame and the International Lounge um, Thursday through Saturday. Um, today, they'll be there from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and then on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And for more information, you can visit siucstudentcenter.org or call 453-3636. But you should just go there if you want your holiday stuff. There is lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And another happening, the International Coffee Hour. The last International Coffee Hour of the semester will be held today uh, from 3 to 5 p.m. at the International Programs and Services Meeting Room. That's at the Northwest Annex, Wing B. Uh, you can come and relax and enjoy uh, the end of the semester. Enjoy the coffee uh, with, with friends and be part of the international community. And then if you like to eat, the Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinner. This week's Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinner will be cooking with Akina this week. Akina is from Thailand, and so I think there'll be Thai food. Yeah, there'll be Thai food, I'm just teasing. This is at the Interface Center every Friday. They begin cooking at 6 p.m., and all are welcome. And this is not just an eating event. This is a cooking, learning, preparing, being with other people. In case you didn't know what slow food is, slow food is the idea of, well, people. (laughs) But there's good food, too. Yeah. Instead of rushing through your food and not even realizing you just ate something, you slow down a bit and eat it with friends, you know. Catch a little of the, I guess, can I say spiritual meaning of food? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't fill up your body. It fills up your soul a little bit. Yeah. It's like... If all goes well. If all goes well, yeah. So let's see. Some other happenings. We have the Vigil for Peace. Uh, That's on Saturdays from noon to 1 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion, which is at the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. And then this Saturday is Climate Change Global Day of Action. This is a worldwide event. You can see more information at globalclimatecampaign.org online. Um, I don't know. What should we do for climate change? I wonder if I could figure out a way to not drive that day. Although I was thinking of going out on the wine trail, taking some people out. Because there's some people who have come here and haven't had a chance to see nature. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, what? You came to school here and have not made it out into nature? I tell them I'm bringing them on the wine trail, but <laughs> really, I'm yeah. bringing them out into nature. Oops, we have to stop at the Garden of the Gods. No, that's a little out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wine trail is an excuse for it <laughs> to be out there. Well, that's good. That could be good for the climate. Even though you're burning some fuels, you're uh, raising awareness about the fact that we have a beautiful southern Illinois. I wonder, beautiful world. I wonder if um, I could get a horse-drawn carriage, if people would do that. <laughs> Spend a whole day. That would be, I don't know, the wineries are pretty far apart. We average about 100 miles. Most The, fa- the farthest I've gone in a horse-drawn vehicle was 76 miles one day. <laughs> but usually we averaged about 45. Mm-hmm. No, well, usually we averaged about 20 because we really wanted to see the country. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could walk faster than a, a horse when they walk, yeah. But see, we're like purposeful, we're going to get there. And the horse is just like, <laughs> oh, well, let's see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so let's see, some other happenings. Ah, yes. The uh, Fantastic Chili at the Interfaith Center. Um, as you may know, the Lights Fantastic Parade is coming up tomorrow night. And one of the ways to go celebrate and observe that is by... Fantastic Chili at the Interfaith. That's tomorrow from 4.30 to 6.30. Uh, you can come for hearty Southwest Cowboy or Vegetarian Chili 
before the lights are fantastic. Oh, I thought you meant just Hardy Southwest Cowboys. <laughs> yes, I was like, we have come for your Hardy Southwest Cowboys. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeehaw. So well, you could have either that or the vegetarian chili. Uh, before the lights, fantastic parade. Uh, side dishes are welcome by anyone who wants to bring them. Uh, holiday and end of the semester celebration for all. Yeah, this is like the Interface Center's annual holiday party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you get together before the parade and then, I guess, go see some fantastic lights. <laughs> yeah. So remember to come into town early if you plan to do anything because the town pretty much closes from like 6 to... I don't know, it seems like almost 9 p.m. Um, and this is the time to, if you are coming to town, bring a bicycle. Because <laughs> um, you're not getting anywhere on a car through this town during that time. Yeah. So. It'll be, you'll be going about at most the speed of the horse and carriage. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Alternative Gift Fair, this is the fourth annual Gifts That Matter. Now, what the Alternative Gift Fair, have you ever wanted to... Um, support a nonprofit, but you spend all your money on presents for friends, mm-hmm. or the other way around. So this is a way you support a nonprofit by buying a present for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is a bunch of different local and national and international nonprofits will have booths at this alternative gift fair, and you can um, they have items for sale they have um you know what is it where you donate money to the organization and you have a car in 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 someone's name yeah and so you you can do that um anyway this is a very cool and unique idea i have never come across this anywhere in my travels so the alternative gift fair is um this sunday december 7th it's already December. Oh, yes. <laughs> December 7th at the Carbondale Civic Center from 2 to 5 p.m. So, support local and international nonprofits by buying presents for your friends. That's, like, perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You know, especially if you're trying to find ways to be less consumerist and yet still give gifts. Because you get to give a gift both to the, the nonprofit and to your loved one <laughs> yeah that's like as they say one two and a three punch because you help the world yeah <laughs> you forgot the world forgot the world yeah because you're doing something good <laughs> oh and if, if there's a fourth punch because it makes you feel good too <laughs> yeah way too much good going around there <laughs> so i don't know you might not want to come because you're just going to do too much good with that little bit of money you're going to yeah. have. So. It'll be so much good, you won't even, you'll be overwhelmed by it. Yeah. But I don't know. It might make it through the rest of the cold winter. But yeah. If you do that much good, my toes are tingling just thinking about it. Maybe they're finally warming up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. In other happenings, the Holden Evening Prayer, an American folk liturgy. Finding social justice amidst a commercial Christmas season. They're having that at Sundays until Christmas at the Interfaith Center at 7 p.m. So it's interesting, focusing on social justice instead of commercialized uh, Christmas. Do you have any other happenings? Uh, Let's see. I want to remind everybody, if you have an happening, um, please email it to us. 
Otherwise, it might not happen as spectacularly because we do happen to be the happening guys. Yes. So here, here it is. I found. I knew there was one more, and I. Well, found I was going to let them know how to contact us. Okay. Well, we can. Is that, that important? Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Tell your mm-hmm. thing. Well, see. Well, you can. We'll we'll <coughs> do this happening and then let them know. <laughs> the 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 cash wetlands progress and restoration. This is a program by the Shawnee Group Sierra Club. The date, <laughs> yeah, it's December, Teresa. Well, it's the, the formatting of the email, uh, there was like at seven thirty p.m. That's this upcoming Thursday. Uh, the speaker is Molly Oliver, head of the head naturalist at the Barkhausen Wetland Center. The meeting will be held at the Carbondale Township Office meeting room. That's at two seventeen East Main Street, across from the Bank of Carbondale in Carbondale. Parking is in the township lot off of Monroe Street. Just west of Marion Street, you go into the green door off of the parking lot. So, for more information, you can contact Barb McKesson. Uh, you can call 618-529-4824. Well, pardon me. Yes. President Bush pardons man convicted of killing bald eagles. A man convicted of accidentally killing three bald eagles in the 1990s was pardoned by President Bush last week. Leslie Owen Kohler of Missouri left hamburger poisoned with pesticides to kill some coyotes. But many of the animals that then ate the coyotes also died, including a red-tailed hawk, a great horned owl, and three, three bald eagles. Straight to the source, the Washington Post. Makes me worry and think about some of the other people he might pardon. <laughs> but he'll do that a little later, right when he's going to leave office. <laughs> so let's see, some other news. Uh, yeah, this isn't a happy one, but I've got to read it anyway. Mountains are in a heap of trouble. EPA approves rule change, making mountaintop removal mining easier. The U.S. EPA on Tuesday approved a controversial rule change that the Bush administration has been trying to make for years. It eases restrictions on burying streams under piles of mining waste, making mountaintop removal mining easier. Quote, By signing off on a rule to eliminate a critical safeguard for streams, the APA has abdicated its responsibility and left the local communities that depend on these waters at risk, said Ed Hopkins of the Sierra Club. Straight to the source, Earth Justice and the New York Times. A slow down, dirty shame. The UN Climate Conference officials warn against dirty energy. On the eve of the next round of the UN United Nations Climate Treaty Talks being held right now, December 1st through the 12th in Poland, UN Climate Chief Jovo Debor warned the world's nations against clean and dirty fix for the economy that would set back climate progress. Quote, we must now focus on the opportunities for green growth that can put the global economy onto a stable and sustainable path, he said. Straight to the sources, Reuters and the Associated Press. Mm-hmm. So let's see, some other news. Uh, let's go with this one. Hawaii to be first with statewide electric car charging stations. The electric car infrastructure races on. A short while ago, several mayors in the San Francisco Bay Area announced that they would be partnering with Better Place to bring electric vehicle charging stations to the area. Now Hawaii is going to do one better 
and become the first state to have better place charging stations across the entire state. Considering that the Bay Area has a population of about 7 million and Hawaii about 1.3 million, some semantic one-upmanship is at work here. But nevertheless, this is great news. Did they just say San Francisco is its own country? (laughs) Kind of. Kind of, okay. Makes kind of sense. Playing it unsafe. Did you know that one in three toys tested has worrisome levels of toxic chemical groups, says? A study of some 1,500 popular children's toys sold in the United States found that one in three contained medium to high levels of a range of toxic chemicals including arsenic, lead, mercury, and others, according to Green Group, the Ecology Center. Quote, Our hope is that by empowering consumers with this information, manufacturers and lawmakers will feel the pressure to start phasing out the most harmful substances immediately and to change the nation's laws to protect children from highly toxic toxic chemicals, said the Ecology Center's Jeff Gearhart. Straight to the source, CNN Money, Associated Press, and the Ecology Center. So, I wonder, does... Does giving a kid a toy that makes them happy but also kills them, <laughs> yeah, that would be consumerism, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I didn't have any toys when I grew up, and I turned out, well, <laughs> okay, that was a bad example. <laughs> okay, so another news story. We won. That's we as in little. Like, you know, we won. Double E? We? Oh, yes. W-E-E. Wee-hee. The Wee One. Ford planning shift. Ford is planning shift to make small cars, the company says. Ford Motor Company is planning a significant product shift that will focus on the manufacture of small, fuel-efficient cars in lieu of its largely failed strategy since the 1990s to churn out mostly large vehicles like trucks and SUVs. Ford's plan is meant to woo Congress into granting the big three U.S. automakers, a $25 billion loan package. Now, the article said much needed. I'll leave that bit of commentary open to debate. (laughs) But it is an effort to woo Congress into giving them that $25 billion loan package. Well, Ford is actually the only company that is not actually requesting money straight up. They're requesting a loan package. Yeah. Which... You know, they can just turn around and then just tap that loan. I mean, just as easy as actual receiving money straight away. Yeah. But I think this is an extremely bad trend to support companies that have been doing decades of bad policies. Uh-huh. Even though they say, you know, if they don't support them, I mean, that's like if they don't support them, the company is going to go bankrupt. Well, companies nowadays operate when they're in bankruptcy. It just means that the court controls the company. (laughs) Yeah, well, Michael Moore made an interesting point. I read a little uh, rant by him earlier, and he was saying that, you know, it it would cost... You could you could buy up the shares of these companies with the money that they're asking for. Oh, for like <laughs> one tenth of the money. Yeah, <laughs> you could. I mean, the U.S. government could just buy the whole company instead of loaning them that much money. <laughs> you know. So yeah. Okay. So which one shall we do? You want to ask me my question, and then then we'll go into. 
Let me give you a little uh, tantalizing tidbit. Five surprisingly effective all-natural aphrodisiacs mm. yes. <laughs> that you probably have or should have in your kitchen. So that should be an exciting conclusion to the show. Uh, climax, if you will. <laughs> but first we've got uh, the uh, Ask Danujimon. This is uh, a new and intermittent section where we answer questions that have been sent our way. Uh, Ask Danujimon. Many of my friends are environmentally minded and do lots of things to try to have a smaller carbon footprint. Yet when I tell people I turn my heat down when I leave the house, even for an hour or two, and that I turn it down to 50 at night, they say, I thought it takes more energy to reheat the house than to keep it at a constant temperature. Please clarify, if it is better to turn the heat down, then there is a lot of room for education on this topic, as even many people in the environmental community are confused. This was a question sent in by Susan. Okay, Susan. I'll try to explain in some basic terms just why we should turn down the thermostat, but let me first make something really clear. (laughs) Turn down the thermostat at night and before you leave the house. No ifs, ands, or buts. Now, I'll explain why, but first, you have to get with the program. That's right. Program your thermostat. (laughs) Let's say a typical nice heat setting is 68 degrees Fahrenheit while at home. 58 at night or while away. Um, Your 50, Susan, is kind of lower than most people will try, but bravo, bravo for you. The heater will save as it falls down to 58 and expend about the same amount of energy as it rises back to 68. Therefore, these two transitional phases kind of cancel each other out. And while the heater is set at 58, for however long it's set at 58, if you're like all night or gone all day, it is merely saving fuel, a.k.a. energy, money, and the planet. We always have to throw the planet in there a little bit. Because, as we all know, it takes more energy to keep a house at 68 than 58. Overall, then, fuel is saved. To bulk up this answer a little bit and remind us that all insulation and sealing house are important aspects of keeping ourselves and not just the planet warm, let's discuss air movement dynamics briefly. Remember, air moves a life of heat equality. Air lives a life of heat equality. Hot air wants to rush out and share the heat with nearby cold air until all air is the same temperature. This happens, as you may recall, through the process of convection, radiation, and conduction. So... It's just air is a very, very, very poor conductor of heat. And so it almost instantly dissipates. And so you constantly have to be heating. So if you don't have to do that, you save tons and tons and tons of money. There you go. Mm -hmm. Is that a good answer? That is. That's good to know. And, you know, with programmable thermostats, you can even set it to, uh, you know, turn it on for you. Yeah, I mean, you can just hit a button and leave, and it starts. And you could set it certain times. Um, If you know you're going to be gone during certain times, you can program it that it does that. So Yeah, that's what I do. I usually, you know, I've got it programmed so that when I'm usually gone, it turns down. But then if I leave the house at a time when I'm usually there, I turn it down anyway. All right, we're going to have to be quick and sexy now. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're almost out of time, but... 
five surprisingly effective all-natural aphrodisiac that you probably have in your kitchen. Who knew tomatoes and cornstarch could be stimulating? Mm -hmm. Forget the alcohol, Spanish fly, Viagra, and other unmentionable sex enhancers. The most passionate aphrodisiacs are only a supermarket away. And we are talking about specialty items hidden in the international island, like some bark off a tree in South Africa or a red-crested algae that grows on the bottoms of toilet seats located in Antarctica. <laughs> the stuff we're talking about is common natural products that you probably already have in your refrigerator. And if you don't, it's time you go grocery shopping because you're going to love what these foods can do for your sex life. Yes. <laughs> Should we just tease them and do it next week? <laughs> Well, I think maybe we could go through, go through the list, but then we'll tell them why next week. <laughs> no, let's just tell them one. Yeah, we can. Get let's them do started. one a week. Yeah. <laughs> so sustain the uh, anticipation. <laughs> we I'm can gonna, do one a week. All right, you get to be sexy. Okay. Yeah. Surprisingly sexy ingredient number one. Shh. <laughs> Cornstarch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something uh, you eat. It's about the feel of cornstarch on your body. Half to full nude body preferred. Now this is interesting. Just the initial sensation of cornstarch dropping on the skin mimics the sensation of liquid silk. <laughs> try a few drops on yourself and you'll see what I mean. Or, you know, you could try a few drops on a friend. <laughs> or your whole self. Yes. So if anyone would like to help experiment with cornstarch, you can contact us. My email address is <laughs> treesong at treesong.org. So uh, from now, yeah, from now on, uh, you know, once a week we'll have one of these things, one of these uh, five ingredients. And uh, with that said, though, it's time for us to start heading out into the sunset. What little sun there is out there on this somewhat cloudy day, but it is sun's peeking out. So once again, it's been an exciting and hopefully informative uh, year community spirit. Uh, my name is Tree Song, and also if you want happenings to send our way. Uh, you could send them to me at treesong at treesong.org. It doesn't or just have to be to uh, to work on these uh, aphrodisiac tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have a happening or want to um, send us money, our email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. I'll see you again next week. <laughs>